We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the week fourteen PFF show it? here on Roto Grinders. I'm all I'm all discombobulated right now, but uh, welcome aboard uh, a very different week of DFS. We're going to talk all about it with PFFs Daniel Kelly. Uh, Daniel, all right. So this week, right, we got to do good for the people. There's no PFF show next week. I'm going away. I'm getting married, uh, so there's no show next week. So we got to send everyone out with a bang for this week. Absolutely. And then nobody's allowed to play DFS next week. I mean, people are, I cannot stop the billions and millions and millions and millions of dollars that's gambled, but we won't just, we just won't have a PFS show, buddy. No, they just send the money to you as a wedding present. I, hey, if, if anybody wants to do that, I'll give you the Venmo, I'll give you the PayPal, anything you want. But uh, yeah, uh, so just uh, to, to let you guys know, no PFF, PFS show next week, uh, but we'll pick it up and round out the regular season once I get back. Uh, Daniel, real quick, uh, we always like to look back here uh, before we get into the current week. Uh, let's take a look at your article here on Pro Football Focus, and and let's just talk about h- how good Josh Allen is, right? Like, he has molded himself into a, a pretty good fantasy quarterback, correct? He's he's running. He's been a pretty good he's, – he's definitely elevated in the passing game. Uh, what can we take away from last week and basically the whole season as well? Well, I, I think it's hilarious. The Bills now are on a 45-game stretch of no 300-yard passers, and that's triple any other team in the league. So you're never going to get the passing yard bonus out of them. And honestly, you don't have to care. Allen has uh, – I mean, if Lamar Jackson wasn't around, we'd be talking about how ridiculously yeah. high Allen's floor is every single week. And, you know, any other era of football, he's an incredible Konami code, Konami code kind of guy. Lamar Jackson is just overshadowing right now. But – take Lamar Jackson out of the equation or just, you know, he's so expensive. You don't want to use him. Josh Allen is going to give you a huge floor every week. Great for cash. And his rushing gives you the little ceiling for the tournament plays that worked every now and then. Uh, another guy we want to talk about uh, is James Washington. And we're, we're going to be playing some weird plays in DFS this week. If no value pops up, no midweek injuries. Uh, so what is James Washington doing? He's got duck Hodges right there at the duck blind. He catches the touchdown last week. So we got that <laughs> narrative going on. Uh, what are we doing in the Steelers passing game? It still looks like Juju's going to be out at least this week, if not uh, a little further into the future. So, so how do we break it down here? It's it was crazy. Start of the season, we you know Washington got some buzz in the offseason. Then they came to the season. He was behind Juju. He was behind Deontay Johnson. He was behind Dante Moncrief. If y'all can remember him. And 
it's just Juju's been hurt. Dante Moncrief has gone to Siberia. And Deontay Johnson had a pop, but lately it's been James Washington's show. He's had more than 18 points in three out of the last four games. He has been one of the top fantasy receivers of late, and his price hasn't been matching it yet. Yeah, I forgot Dante Moncrief even existed, man. So, like, uh, that's, how, that's how long ago that was to start the season. That is a wise decision. Just forget it. <laughs> um, so, guys, if you are watching on YouTube, uh, please click the like button. Uh lets us know we're doing good behind the scenes over there. If you want to get notifications all the time, subscribe, and we'll give you the push alerts on, on YouTube or whatever device you're using uh, to sort of let you know that we're live here on Roto-Grinders. Uh, all right, let's take a look at some showdown real quick. We always like to talk about it. We've got the uh, the Cowboys and the Bears here, uh, both on a short week. What are we doing here? I, I guess we can talk here really quick about what we're going to do with the Bears wide receiver situation. I want to talk a little bit uh, about Zeke. Zeke's probably going to play 100% of the snaps, I, I feel like, this week for the Cowboys too. Uh, but how are you dissecting uh, this Bears wide receiver situation? Well, it feels a little bit like point chasing to say Anthony Miller after he had his nine for 140 last week. But at the same time, the Cowboys have been really good against opposing number one receivers. They've held them on average to five points below their, their season average at second best in the league. And they've struggled to number two receivers, a little, a little higher than, uh, than average against them. And they have they've given up almost as many points to slot receivers in the year as to outside receivers. And that's, I think it's only four teams that have, that have said that. So everything is shaken Miller's way, even if you, even if you discount the, the point chasing aspect of it. Yeah. Oh, uh, and I want to talk a little bit about Zeke here too, uh, with Pollard looking pretty questionable to suit up. Uh, it's only a couple of snaps, but every snap count help uh, every snap helps when we're trying to get fantasy points. Uh, Zeke's probably going to be one of the, the, the higher owned players, but do you see any reason to want to, to fade him or is he someone you, you might just put in every single lineup, even though in theory, not, not the greatest matchup against the bears on the road. Yeah, the, the nice thing about Zeke is he finally saw a big target load last week in 10 targets, which is more than he had three more than he had in any, any other game this year. Now they were behind most of that game, so we can chalk some of that up to game script. Um, I, I, in, a, in a single game slate, I think you're going to have to have a big helping of him, him just because he's the one big back. But uh, I, I, I have trouble fading him, is the answer. Yeah, so uh, a little couple little notes there. Uh, I like Zeke, if you want to play some Anthony Miller – have fun with that. And uh, what you got a couple notes on Dak here as well. So uh, I don't think I, I would have believed you if you told me this, but we got 22 games of the Bears haven't allowed a quarterback to score 20, 20 plus fantasy points. I can't believe that. Yeah, the last one was Tom Brady in week seven of last year. It's a little bit of, of squirrely there because Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill combined for like 23 against them, mm-hmm. but no individual quarterback has topped that mark. And that is, that's a long stretch. They, they've, they've allowed a reasonably high floor. You know, they're not keeping these guys to three and five points like the Patriots and 49ers and Ravens have done, but they, nobody's putting up big numbers on him. And Dak had three straight games with three passing touchdowns. But in the last two weeks, he has two passing touchdowns total. He has really trailed off lately. He's not rushing like he did his last few seasons. I, I, I'd be nervous about using him this week. All right, let's let's uh, let's go to kind of the current week. We always like to mix in a couple of bets. Uh, we were talking pre-show. The lines seem pretty efficient. If you ask me, nothing was really standing out to me. The one thing I did like is the Seahawks against the Rams. Uh, it's basically a pick em. Uh, Green Line has it at one. Uh, all the books I was looking at was basically at a pick them. But I like the Seahawks side. I still think they got the better quarterback. I know they're on the road. It's a little bit of a short week for them. But I just think they're the better team all around. The Rams had, hey, they did great against Arizona. Congratulations. Everybody <laughs> does that. You got to face a real team here. I know the Seahawks defense isn't all that great. But I think the Seahawks can handle the Rams pretty easily. So, hey, you want to? That, that, that looks like one of my favorite bets. 
uh, of the week. What did you come across here? And I think you sort of shared the same thing. I did. Nothing's really standing out from the from the betting angle. The, the one I jumped on the most right now is Miami plus six and a half against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, he, they might not win this game. They might not be able to keep this recent hot streak going. But a six and a half point spread, the way Ryan Fitzpatrick has been playing, Jamal Adams might not play in this game. It's just hard for me to see the Jets running away with it like that. I, I think this game's going to be within one score. What if I told you? I think the lines come down a little bit because I was looking it, at the. I was looking at this earlier. Green line has it at five. It's five and a half now. Okay. It's minus five and a half. Does that do anything? That for changes you? it a little. I'd still probably take the Dolphins, but I'm less enthusiastic about it. That line, mm-hmm. so I must have seen an older line when I picked that. Yeah, and you got Detroit and Houston. Uh, I like Houston quite a bit too. I'm going to talk about Deshaun Watson pretty heavily in just a second. But uh, what do you see in that game? And then with Detroit plus fourteen, like fourteen is just too many points to get. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the end of the argument. There is the. Detroit's offense is too good, even with David Blau to, to have a 14-point spread. Mm-hmm. Talking about Houston, I just I don't see how that Denver offense can – I mean, Cortland Sutton is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton has made himself into a bona fide wide receiver one, and there's not many other weapons on that team. You know, Drew Locke did not do much in his first game. Maybe he does more going forward, but he's still a fresh-faced rookie. Houston's offense is electric. I, I, eight points seems like an easy cover. All right. Let's uh, – a little bit from the betting angle. Let's jump in – to some actual DFS this week. And let's talk, uh, I guess I'll really just start with the slate because last week we had all this mid-tier wide receiver value and you could still play Christian McCaffrey and you could make some pretty good lineups. This week is probably the toughest I think I've I've seen on DraftKings all season. It's really tough to reach to the high-end players at basically any position, specifically Christian McCaffrey. And what I've found in in making some lineups earlier in the week is I have to make a a legitimate concession somewhere, whether it's quarterback or wide receiver or, um, you know, maybe I'm playing a running back I don't really want to play this week just to make my lineup look good. So uh, I want to go into that by letting everybody know that it's just a different week of DFS than I think you're used to. So let's start uh, anew. Let's talk about quarterback, uh, a couple of guys you like. So I, I think we'll start with Kirk Cousins. Uh, should just put an absolute onslaught here this week on the Lions. Yeah, I, I don't see how they're not going to lean on him heavily. He's the number four quarterback since week six. He's got a career best passing grade at 85.8, passer rating at 111.9, yards per attempt at 8.5. Dalvin Cook either isn't going to play, or if he is going to play, he's not going to be 100%. I don't know why they lead on him. Maybe we see some Alexander Madison, but I just expect this to be a huge Kirk Cousins game against this Detroit defense. Yeah, I can get on Cousins, uh, especially with that, uh, you know, if Delvin Cook's not 100%, maybe the passing game gets a little more useful. But, hey, I think we want Adam Thielen back, but Thielen's not really even that much of a problem for for Kirk Cousins in the passing game right now. Kyle Rudolph's got some easy touchdowns, uh, so I do like Cousins. The one guy I really like is Deshaun Watson, and I think he's pretty severely underpriced in my opinion. He's 6,500 on DraftKings. And you think, ooh, the Denver defense, right? And sure, that could be a little difficult. But the last few games is Denver defense. It's fallen apart. They allowed 300-plus yards and three TDs. Hey, to guess who? Kirk Cousins that you just talked about. Josh Allen had 20 fantasy points against them. Well, he can run a little bit. Hey, you just talked about that as well. We had the ghost of Phillip Rivers pass last week through for 265 and two touchdowns. I think that's basically a baseline for what we can expect from Watson this week. He just lit up the Patriots at home. I mean, that's pretty tough to do. He gets his third straight home game as well, which is always nice. I think a, a prolonged you know, uh, home streak uh, to close out the season is, is really beneficial to the home team. And that uh, the DK algorithm, right, uh, It just uh, I've just picked this up over the years. It is too DVP-focused, right? So it sees the DVP numbers on Denver, and it thinks 
they're a good defense, but they're really falling apart right now. So I think Watson, uh, he, he looks like a spectacular play to me at 6,500. Yeah, having him as the number six quarterback in price is just crazy. I, I think he's, he's real tasty, especially if they, uh, they they cover like I think they will. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about this. Uh, you, you know, you like the, the, the Dolphin side. Let's have some fun here, right? So last week, uh, I think it was six or seven of the top 10 millionaire maker lineups had the Wentz stack, right? They had Wentz, Sanders, uh, Elshon, and they all ran it back with Devontae Parker, uh, I, I say we repeat this. You take Fitzpatrick, I'll take Sam Darnold, and, and we'll all end up at the top of the Millie Maker. This week. Absolutely. There's nothing not to like in this game. Fitzpatrick, he, he, he checks every box. He ha- he's the number five quarterback over the last five weeks with the number five passing grade, so it's not a fluke. He's, he's got a little bit of rushing skill. Fitzpatrick will get in the end zone on, on the ground a little bit. Jamal Adams probably out in this game. If he plays, we may talk about things, but he's probably out. And Fitzpatrick has so few stacking options. It's Devontae Parker, it's maybe Mike Gesicki, <coughs> and go home. So it's, it's, a, it's a nice quarterback nice ceiling and very little uh, question mark as who to pair with him uh yeah and on my other side did i just like cough into the mic on everybody or did i you did, did but I... that's fine uh, I thought I, I'm, I'm amazed i have it yet. <laughs> i thought i hit the mute button anyway uh let's go to sam darnold what's not to like in this game i think this is a shootout you mentioned fits he's crushing right now pass happy attack we get the every year we get the robbie anderson revival at the end of the season that's happening <laughs> right now as well um, you look at some of the grades on PFF. Miami's got the second lowest coverage grade on the season at PFF, the lowest pass rush grade. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks on the season, the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks over the past four weeks. They're last in pass DVOA. Um, they're just benching people, putting on IR, their safeties, like every single week it seems like they're doing that. What isn't to like in this game? Uh, I think this is another shootout, Thirty, what was it, 37-30 or something like that last week. I don't know if it gets that high, um, but – uh, I think we can all hold hands with this game again and uh, work our way up to the Millie Maker top. The other guy I want to talk about is Lamar Jackson, right? We can't really go, you know, talk about quarterbacks without talking about Lamar Jackson. And I think if there was ever a week where you might be like, eh, do I really want to use Lamar Jackson? You might think this might not be it, but I mean, who cares, right? He's Lamar Jackson. He is uh, an enigma all among himself right now. I had you pull some like rushing versus man versus zone for for uh for Lamar Jackson and he does a little bit better against zone as a running quarterback I think that makes a lot of sense right or uh, against man because you know they're turned away from the the running back and when you play zone you can see on the running back a little bit and the, the Bills they do play zone quite a bit so maybe the rushing super upside might not be there but I still don't really care I think if you have the money you can play Lamar Jackson pretty easily um, what do you throw basically for a hundred yards last week? And he still had 26 DraftKings points. I mean, passing doesn't right. matter. It's all the ground yards. Um, if you have the money, I think you should play. Um, thank you. Uh, I think you should play Lamar Jackson uh, pretty easily. Uh, talk to me about a couple other quarterbacks really quick that we want to use this week. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm in on Kyle Allen, which feels so disgusting to say, but in the two games since he had that blow up, which is against this same Falcons theme, but since that, he's had a 5-1 to one touchdown interception ratio plus a rushing touchdown. He's not been very good, but he's been very good for fantasy, and that's what we care about here. Atlanta's defense had a 70-plus uh, defense grade in those two weeks. They, they did good coming out of their bye. It's dropped right back at under 60 the last two weeks. You know, we've seen – DJ Moore produced. We've seen Curtis Samuel produce. We've seen Christian McCaffrey produce as a receiver. Ian Thomas is in the game now to talk about. So I just I think Kyle Allen has a huge ceiling this week, and people aren't going to be on him because they know what he did against uh, against Atlanta just two weeks ago. Yeah, are you worried at all? Right, the coaching change. Are there any tendencies you can think from this regime? Are you worried at all that? 
I mean, Kyle Allen, you know, we'll talk about why Ron Rivera got fired. I think Kyle Allen might be a little part of it and how they were using him. I think Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson also got Ron Rivera fired a little bit too. But do you have any, do you think their offense is really going to change too much? Well, I found it interesting. I was looking some of this up and there have been 18 coaching changes midseason over the last uh, 11 years since 2009 um, that came with more than one game left in the schedule. So I figure one game doesn't really count. So mm-hmm. at least two games. And of those 18, 14 teams have increased their rate of uh, run percentage after the coaching change. Uh, four of them have done it by more than 10%. Only four drops, and the biggest one is down 4%. So these new coaches like to come in and run the ball. If you want to give me a thing against Kyle Allen, it's that. may work in Christian McCaffrey's favor, may work against him. Uh, one of the interim coaches we're talking about here, Perry Fuel, back in 2009, took over the Bills, seven games left. They went from 45.6% runs to 47.8% runs. Not a big difference, but he did increase it, and we heard him just today say he's an old-school guy. So we may see a lot more rushing. That might work against Kyle Allen, but it, it's it's just a note. Where do you even find this stuff? This is just buried in the PFF databases somewhere. No, no, that was me spending <laughs> that was me spending two hours on Pro Football Reference today and clicking around. Oh, that man. was absolutely just something I picked up myself. <laughs> Ultra prepared you are today, Daniel. So, uh, thank, thanks I was for curious. All that. Uh, so, hey, look, you just talked up Josh Allen to start the show. Now you're gonna now you're gonna poo poo him. Why, why why don't we want to play him this week? Oh, sorry. I was I was still thinking Kyle Allen. You said that took me a second. Yeah, Josh. Um, hey, the Allen, you can play Allen and Allen. <laughs> uh, I, it's not a big poo-poo. It's just a little the, – the Ravens have only allowed nine point rushing yards per game to quarterbacks. It's a little bit of a down thing. Not a lot of that's opponent, but still. No one's topped 17 points against them since week three when that was Tom Brady. Uh, um, no, it wasn't Tom Brady. I don't know who it was. Um, they just – I worry about playing quarterback against the Ravens. They've been so good lately. It's uh, Josh Allen, again, high floor, fine with him in cash, tournaments, I'm staying away. All right, so that does it for uh, sort of our quarterback looks. Daniel, what I want you to do right now, right, put on the boxing gloves. Are you ready? Because we're going we're gonna to oh, duke goodness. it out here with probably the highest-owned running back of the week. You ready for it? I'm okay with it. All right, so let's talk Alvin Kamara because I, I like Alvin Kamara, and, you know, you've got some PFF statistics. to, to Maybe you, you're not as just high on him as maybe I am this week. So the, the price tag on Kamara on DraftKings. You need every dollar you can get this week. He's 7000 I think that's way too cheap for a guy the caliber of Kamara. Um, he doesn't have a touchdown from week three. I think he, he might be able to get into the end zone here. Maybe you have some stats you'll talk about in a second, maybe why he's not getting those touchdowns. But, you know, we've seen uh, who it was like Kenyon Drake had a good game against the 49ers. Um, and there was another like pass catching running back that I, for, I forgot off the top of my head who it is, but these guys have been able to actually do some damage against San Francisco. And I think their game plan is going to get Kamara the ball, get Michael Thomas the ball on these short throws and, and see what they can do sort of after the catch. I don't think they're going to have too much deep downfield action. Um, so I'm really liking Kamara. And if this Richard Sherman is able to shut down Michael Thomas, I don't even know if it's possible to really shut down Michael Thomas. That's just more Kamara. The offense is just so concentrated, and that price tag on Kamara is so good. Maybe there's a little bit of touchdown regression. I like them, but you've come at me with some stats here. So what do you maybe see in the matchup or see in Kamara's game recently that might lead you to maybe not want to go with a hurt this week? 
Well, the first thing in the matchup, they, you know, these guys have gotten decent yardage against the 49ers. They've only had three touchdowns to running backs all year long. That's rushing, receiving combined. They don't get into the end zone. So that's one thing. But then Kamara, we've seen a different guy since he came back from injury. He was forcing 6.3 missed tackles per game, weeks one through six, before he got hurt. Since he's come back last four weeks, that's down, that's down five tackles per game. 1.34 missed tackles per game. That's, that's huge. That's, that's taking Kalen his territory now. Yeah. That <laughs> is taking his loser rating from 109.2 down to 45.8. 45.8 is not bad. It's slightly above average. 109.2 is what you want Alvin Kamara to be. So he's not being Alvin Kamara. And it's mostly come as a receiver. He had 8.8 yards per reception that early chunk of the season. It's down to 5.5 lately. So I just, he may bounce back and be 100% this week, and it's all a, a thing of the past. But I worry about his upside right now. Yeah, let me see if we have the ownership. It wasn't up earlier. We were recording this. Uh, if you guys listen on podcasts later in the week, uh, we record this uh, late Wednesday night, so sometimes the hamster wheels haven't turned fast enough and the ownership hasn't popped up. Look, here it is. It wasn't up a little while ago. Here it is. Uh, Elvin Kamara, currently only the fourth highest owned running back on the slate. I think that probably juices up a little bit. And we're going to talk about some of the – you won't believe what's popping up at the top of ownership. We're going to talk about it this week. Uh, it's not exactly the names you, you really want to use, or you might not even know if you haven't been paying attention to, to DFS Twitter over the past couple of weeks. Um, but let's uh, let's have you talk about Melvin Gordon because we know Jacksonville is just getting run all over. I'm going to talk about another running back going up against the team that's getting run all over right now too. Um, but Melvin Gordon, I just want him to catch if he if he could catch like four passes, I'd be happy with him. He's just not catching enough in the in the passing game for me. Yeah, and that's that's a concern. But against Jacksonville, I'm not sure how big a concern it is. This is a four and eight Chargers team that's still a three point favorite on the road, West Coast going to East. That's how bad Jacksonville is right now. They've allowed the eighth most PPR points to get to a game to running backs, and that includes the second highest percentage of those points coming on the ground. Almost two thirds of the points Jacksonville is allowed to running backs have come on rushes. So I think this is more of a Gordon game than an Eckler game. Uh, in the last four games, seven different running backs have reached double digit points against Jacksonville. It's just there's there's so much to like about Melvin Gordon in this matchup. Um, yeah, I, I can definitely get behind Gordon. He was he was really bad those first couple of weeks. I think he was working himself into shape, but but he's at, he's looked pretty good on the field too. And you know, grinding the taper, I guess you can say grinding the red zone channel for me. That's how I that's how I take in my football. Uh, but yeah, I think you can play some Melvin Gordon. Uh, the other guy going up against the defense that's not very good. Uh, you know, we, we talked about Ron Rivera getting fired. Why why do you get fired? Because Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson ran for like, they're still running against them right now. Ron Rivera's having nightmares about that, and that's the Panthers. Uh, so Devontae Freeman last week, he's currently projected to be the third highest owned running back uh, above Alvin Kamara. He's 5,400 on DraftKings, not a sexy name, but he had 22 opportunities last week. So that's one of the main things we want in fantasy running backs is simply getting opportunity is good. Um Carolina's allowed 33 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs over the past four weeks. Uh, and uh, I don't know with, with Freeman playing 80% of the snaps going up against Carolina, I don't think a coaching change is going to be able to, to have that much of a factor on what the defensive line is going to be able to do to stop Devontae Freeman. They just can't stop anybody in the run. It's a gross week. We need all the salary. Daniel, am I reaching too much? Are you with me? What do you got for me? No, I can see that. I just mentioned how uh, Jacksonville has the second highest percentage of points on the ground. That's mm-hmm. second only to Carolina. Carolina has been absolutely abysmal on the ground against the ground. So, yeah, I can see that. Uh, Freeman's low ceiling this year makes me – it's not a sexy pick by any means, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with that play. All right. You want to talk about Nick Chubb. Uh, I mean, just a complete workhorse running back. Uh, Hunt's definitely taken away in the passing game, but – 
Uh, in the end, if you're scoring touchdowns and you're touching the ball 20-plus times a game, that's good enough for me. Yeah, his, his number of carries per game have actually climbed since Kareem Hunt came back. It went from 19.3 to 21.0. His targets have dropped off, but then they're seven-and-a-half-point favorites in this game against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's averaging the fourth most rushing yards, two running backs. I just don't see how Chubb doesn't have a monster rushing game this week. Uh, someone I'm on is Leonard Fournette as well. I basically, I used him in cash last week. You just can't, we, we want opportunity. I just said that with Devontae Freeman. How about 30 and a half opportunities average over the past two weeks for, for Leonard Fournette? Unquestioned, every down, workhorse, game script proof, gets goal line carries, running back. Now he's fat and slow, but hey, you can still get PPR points if you're fat and slow, uh, you know, and that's all we care about for fantasy. So the Chargers defense they're allowing the highest percent of passes to be thrown to running backs in the league. I found that pretty interesting, getting, given uh, how, much, how much Fournette has been involved in the passing game. Um, the, the Gridiron IQ, that's our tool here at Roto-Grinders, it's showing a pretty green rush screen, you know, in terms of the Chargers' defense of being able to be beatable uh, on the run. They're 24th in rush DVOA. They're 18th in rush defense as a grade on PFF for the season, so there's nothing really standing out there that says it's bad. Um, the price is pretty reasonable. I know he's not ultra-efficient, but, I mean, 30-and-a-half opportunities per game, I mean, that that's gold for you in, in fantasy as a running If you told me 30-and-a-half opportunities, I'd take Kalen Balazs. I, that no, I'll, I'll, I'll draw the line somewhere, my friend. If, if you told me 30, <laughs> I'd still do it. 30, uh, uh, 30 t- touches for him, it's like 50 yards. All right, so <laughs> guess who the second-highest-owned running we, – we've got Christian McCaffrey as the highest-owned running back of the slate, and I, I, I get it, but it's really tough to get to him this week. Um, so, so we'll see how that plays out. But, but I've got a a question. Guess the number two projected highest on running back of the week. I, I already looked, so it's no fair to, to guess. It <laughs> is Patrick Laird. It, it is, is insane. Uh, the, our Laird, Laird and Savior, um, you know, from Peter, Peter, and uh, who is it, Mister Davis Maddock over at uh, Daily Roto. Uh, so, so what's going on here? Right, he played uh, what was this, sixty percent of the snaps last week. Uh, Balaj is going down. They signed Zach Zenner. Maybe they get Miles Gaskin some run here, but you know, at least on DraftKings, right? Full PPR. That's where Patrick Laird is sort of excelling. Um, definitely down to the ground. Ten rushing attempts last week, Daniel. Five actual rushing yards. I don't know if it's an actual upgrade over Kalen Balaj in the run game. You're running behind that atrocious offensive line, but but we what we care for is you know eight to twelve rushes, four to seven targets. For an ascending offense, right? I think we, we can call Miami that right now against a bad defense, and I think that's what the Jets' defense is. He's forty one hundred. We're we're scratching and clawing for every salary, you know, little scrap we can get. Are, are you on board? Can, can you join not. the Twitter Renaissance? I can't do it. I cannot do it. He's <laughs> you know sure if you if you can if you can guarantee me he's going to be involved in the in the passing game and get that one. In, Ricky Dink rushing touchdown. Maybe we can talk about it, but the only reason you're going to be using him is the price. There's there's no upside here. The Jets are a bad pass defense, but they're a good rush defense. So he's not going to do any better on the ground. I just can't do it. I think there's going to be involved. I think Gaskin's going to be involved. I don't see a workhorse layered in this one. I I can't do it. Layered or Jamal Williams for seven hundred more. See, that's no fair. Um, <laughs> this um, this is what well, these are the these are actual honestly decisions. I'd still I'd still probably lean on Williams I think he's going to be just involved in the passing game and they're going to crush Washington so I think he's going to get a lot of carries. Um, Laird or insert Kansas City running back you choose to play. 
if I had to pick right now, I'd say Laird. But if I can hear some some more clear cut stuff out of it coming down the week, I may go McCoy or Thompson. Uh, Philip Lindsay's twelve hundred more. James White is fourteen hundred more. I think those are much more secure forms of fantasy points this week. Correct? Pro- yeah, I I definitely take White. I'd probably take Lindsay. Uh, I have not made a decision. I've only you know it's Wednesday. Um, I, the value on Laird, I think, makes a little bit of sense. He's going to get a lot of hype this week after all the all the Twitter stuff that uh, we saw Peter and uh, Mr. Davis Maddock do. But uh, I think I'm on him tentatively, but uh, I reserve my right to change that come Sunday. So just uh, keep your eye out I for just that. can't do it. Uh, what else do you – you know, you want to talk a little bit about Alexander Madison um, – you know, with with Dalvin Cook, you know, he's saying, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. There's no way I'm going to do it. He was limited in practice today a little bit. Are we just, you know, if they're up 21 points in the late third quarter or something, I don't think that's out of, a, a result that's out of question. Is Madison in play anyway? Yeah, I could totally see that. I, I, I would be reasonably surprised if we see any Dalvin Cook in the second half of this week. I just think I think either he's not healthy or they run away with this game. Either way, there's just no reason to push him when they're going to win this game either way. Madison has looked really good. He actually has uh, a higher yards after contact per attempt and more forced missed tackles per carry than Dalvin Cook does this year. Not saying he's better than Dalvin Cook, just saying on a per-touch basis, he's actually been slightly more efficient. I There's... I'm not going to use Madison and Cousins. I, I hyped Cousins earlier. I'm not going to use both of them in the same lineup. Mm-hmm. But if you use Cousins in some, toss Madison in the other, this team's going to score a lot of points this game, and you're going to get them one way or another. All right. One other guy that you wanted to mention, maybe not chasing from last week, is Darius Geis. What do you have for me on him? <laughs> well, he had the 10 carries, 129 yards, two touchdowns last week. Fantastic. He had the same 10 carries week four against Detroit, who also is an awful run defense. He had 32 yards. So he's – He's got he's got the high ceiling and the low floor, sure, but he's not getting enough carries. He's not getting enough snaps. He's been playing about thirty percent of the snaps the last couple of weeks. That's not enough for you to be counting on. Don't go point chasing. Uh, the last guy I want to mention is going to be Philip Lindsay. Uh, over the last four weeks, Houston's allowing get ready forty three fantasy points a game to running backs. Um, that's not sounds, right. That sounds pretty juicy. Um, we had the coach speak. You know, it started three weeks ago or two weeks ago that he was going to start getting more snaps. And we saw that a little bit. He was up to like two, two thirds, one third split with Royce Freeman. Last week, it went back to the 50 50 split. I mean, if you're getting 43 fantasy points a game in a 50 50 split, that's still 21 and a half fantasy points. This is some quick math I've done live on air. <laughs> I, I don't think Houston's going to continue allowing 43 fantasy points a game to running backs. That's just an absurd number. Um, but do keep an eye on Lindsay. Um, if they do happen to go back to maybe like a 60% of the work share, maybe he gets involved in the passing game a little bit more. We don't really know is Locke got to target the running backs or is he just going to chuck it down the field to Cortland Sutton and tell him to go get it because he probably can. Who who really knows? But uh, Lindsay's more of a tournament play for me. But I just want to know, don't give up hope that Houston run defense has been getting gashed. And we saw, all right, James White went absolutely nuclear in the passing game last week. I, I don't know if Philip Lindsay can do that, but he has the chops to be able to to do something like that. So so keep an eye out on that. Um, let's go to the expected fantasy points. We'll bring up Scott's article. Let me pull it up on my screen here for everybody. Uh, so I've got this pulled up here, and let's talk about a couple of guys that I, I think are, are both probably in play a little bit this week. We'll start with Aaron Jones. Uh, is it good or bad? I have not read this this week. I've been extremely busy. So is the Aaron Jones expected fantasy points talk good 
or is it bad? Because I mean, the, these timeshare running backs that are expensive just don't really do it for me in DFS much. Well, last week he was the most inefficient player across the league by expected fantasy points. He had a 21.1 point expectation and he scored just 7.1 points. That is obviously not very good. And the two guys are talking about Aaron Jones, Derek Henry. One is hitting his regression now. The other probably has his regression coming because these guys have both been scoring touchdowns like they're going out of style at a rate that just cannot continue. I mean, Derek Henry's scoring touchdowns. I'm telling you that. It's seven (laughs) in the last four weeks. That is insane. So Jones, you know, he was putting up like crazy before. He has dropped off the last few weeks. He has, what is it? He had three uh, opportunities inside the 10-yard line last week and didn't score. That's tough to do. Henry, meanwhile, like I said, seven in the last four weeks. And now he's he's – what is it? He has 7.3 touchdowns above his expectation. That is almost, it's, it's, I think that's more than anybody's had in the whole season. So it's just, Henry is due to, to drop off. And you don't want to go in the Henry's game with like Charles seven season, foot four, 400 pounds and can run like a four, four, 40. So, I mean, that's why the dude scores touchdowns. And maybe, <laughs> maybe he breaks the efficiency scale, but I, until it happens, I'm always going to bet on the efficiency to come back and bite him. Yeah, I like Henry. We'll have to see how it plays this week. He's priced up. Um, not a particularly good matchup, but I mean, Derrick Henry's so hot right now. I think you can you can play him in just about any format right now. Uh, all right, let's move to wide receiver. Last week in wide receiver, it was just just value du jour in the mid tier, and that has completely evaporated from DraftKings this week. To me, it is really hey. Michael Thomas, play him, but you got to worry about this San Francisco pass defense. It's been pretty good. Call me crazy, I'm gonna take the Michael Thomas part of that. I think I think he's probably the the better idea. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll be able to outdo Richard Sherman and that San Francisco defense. You've got DeAndre Hopkins. You've got the high end. And then you've got to go, like, absolutely dumpster diving for some names I don't think I've mentioned on the show all year. So kick us off with some plays that you like at wide receiver. Well, you mentioned Michael Thomas. I love him. He's down to his lowest salary in a month. Uh, definitely guaranteed target floor. So I think he's going to be great. And I think I haven't looked at his ownership percentage, but I expect it to be a little depressed just because of the matchup. So maybe you'll get a little bit of a contrarian play out of Michael Thomas for once. Uh, other one I like is DJ Moore. Talked about how I don't believe in the Atlanta defense doing against Carolina, what it did a couple weeks ago. They have the league's fifth worst coverage grade at 49.7. And he's the number four wide receiver since week eight, averaging more than 10 targets per game. So I think he's got huge usage and I don't see why that wouldn't continue. Yeah, I, I like DJ Moore quite a bit. Where is he? How, how is he not popping on the ownership right now? It's because his price, he's up to 7K. There's really no super high-owned wide receiver yet, at least on the first run from the algorithm, because it's it's very wide open. There's nobody that I think is a must-play. I do like Michael Thomas. Uh, you can convince me to play some DJ Moore. You can play some DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, some of the guys I want to talk about, you took all the guys I wanted to talk about, right? So I'm talking about yeah, Cortland, I'm talking about Cortland Sutton. Uh, you know, just an ascending wide receiver one uh, can go up and get the ball against anybody. Drew Locke just chucks the ball, likes to throw deep. I think that matches up well with Sutton. And if we expect, right, you like Houston. I like Houston. If we expect them to score points, guess what? Those garbage time fantasy points in the fourth quarter when Cortland Sutton gets like a wide open, maybe not a wide open touchdown, but gets four or five extra targets, right? And maybe catches a junk time touchdown. Those count for us. Um, so I, I like Sutton quite a bit, just like a step below some of the elite names. Uh, a, a couple other guys, let's, you know, we mentioned the late season clockwork every single year, Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson resurgence. Um, he looks pretty good. We've got this Indianapolis wide receiver situation to sort of figure out. So what do you got for me on those two, those two spots? 
Well, Robbie Anderson, I think it's interesting. He's out targeted Jameson Crowder 15 to 13 last week. So that's essentially a split. He's done it on at twice the average depth of target. Anderson's average depth of target is 19 yards. Crowder's is nine in that span. Despite that, he's out, he's had uh, 11 receptions to Crowder's four, 187 yards to Crowder's 26. That's not supposed to happen. The guy who's getting the short passes is supposed to catch more of them. Maybe the yardage balances out, but the, the receptions are way out of whack right now. So uh, you got to start fading Crowder as he's been fading as he's gone on. And we've got to start thinking a lot of Anderson. Especially in this game, we talked. You talk about Miami's defense. Miami's especially vulnerable on the deep passes. Ten, uh, they've allowed 10 20 plus yard touchdowns this year. It's tied for the most in the league. Anderson, of I think all but I think two of his career pa- touchdowns have been on twenty plus yards. So it's all set up for him to have a big game here. Um, let's try to hash out the Indianapolis receiver situation because you've got Zach Pascal. They're going up against Tampa Bay, right? Like the the crown jewel of defenses we want to attack through the air. So you've got Zach Pascal, you've got Paris Campbell coming back, who in, he's 3,200 on DraftKings, by the way, who in his two like real full games when he was in the offense had eight targets in one, five targets in the other. He had three rush attempts. Don't forget, he's a very electric in space. They're going to make plays to get Paris Campbell to football. I can guarantee you if he's on the field, they spent a lot of draft capital on him. We've got Marcus Johnson down here too, who played basically every snap last week. I mean, you could if if you're dumpster diving for wide receivers this week, why not take a shot on an Indianapolis wide receiver against Tampa Bay? That seems like a pretty good way to to go cheap at cheap at the position. Yeah, I think as a Colts fan, this the, this season lately has been killing me. Uh, established the runs. Pat Foreman had a tweet the other day that said the Colts leading uh, route runner at running back, tight end, and wide receiver one, two, and three from week one. All out and yep. all new guys for this week, this past game. It's just been – it's been so hard to watch. But, yeah, in this game, it's hard to imagine them not putting up a lot of points. Pascal's the one I like, even though he's the most expensive. He's had 70-plus yards four times, and three of those came when T.Y. Hilton was out. So he's he is easily the number one. But yeah, a few dollars for the cheap guys down at the bottom, you can't really go wrong in this matchup. Yeah, Paris Campbell is going to be interesting. I had to see he practiced full on Wednesday, and it wasn't like a, a knee injury with him. It was a hand injury. He had surgery on his hand. He's able to keep, do all his quickness drills. He's able to maybe keep his leg strength and be able to run. I'm not really too worried about him coming back and possibly being limited in, in any way. If his hand doesn't fall apart, I'm expecting him to get targeted, and they're, they're going to give him some rushes. They've got Marlon Mack coming back, but you don't really run against Tampa Bay too often. Uh, so, yeah, keep your eye on those cheap Indiana, uh, Indianapolis Colts wide receivers, if you ask me. And if you're going in that mid-tier, I think Pascal's one of the very few viable, like, 4500 to $6,000 wide receivers on DraftKings th- this week. So I, I like that call. Uh, all right, I'm going to get even dirtier, right? I talked about uh, a couple cheap Indianapolis guys. Can I interest you in a horrible passing game? Uh, in Washington, how can I interest you in Kelvin Harmon? Uh, I, I probably need to sell you on this dude, right? <laughs> go ahead and sell him. I can see the argument, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. So uh, again, we're looking for value. I think I'd rather take a shot on one of those uh, Indianapolis guys, but Harmon's got 17 targets over the past three weeks. Richardson doesn't look like he's going to play. Trey Quinn's still out. Uh, Harmon played basically every snap last week. And, you know, that was a, Washington was able to sort of run all over Carolina. That wasn't even a bad game script, right, for the for the passing game, or a good game script for the passing game. Imagine if they have to throw the ball quite a bit. There's, there's like, nobody left to throw the ball to. Kelvin Harmon's going to get eight, nine targets, I feel like, if, if they got to throw the ball a lot. And when you're getting targeted and you only cost 
what is this? 3,600, I think. Let's find this out. I think it was 37, but either way. 37, Harmon. Let me click some numbers. I don't know. Oh, I'm stuck on Indianapolis. Come on, Britt. Get better with technology. 3,700 against Green Bay. We're expecting Green Bay to blow them out here. I don't know. 3,700. You're going to have to make a concession somewhere on your team this week in order to get the rest of your lineup filled with players that you're actually comfortable rostering. You might even have to make two concessions if you want to play Christian McCaffrey. I think Harmon's a viable option. I got to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it. It's one of those hold your nose and click the button. Uh, there's just even if they're down in this game, they're not letting Dwayne Haskins throw a lot, so he may not see as many targets as you're saying, but he might. There's there is a scenario where it works out. I'm just trying to give you a little bit off the board this week, right? For, for some for some lower play, I can tell you to play Michael Thomas. I could tell you to play. DJ Moore, it's just, here's the thing, like Devontae Parker, he was like 5,700, 6,900 this week, and Calvin Ridley's priced up, and and uh, like everybody you want to play costs a lot of money, you know, we've got James Washington you talked about, Deontay Johnson currently projects to be like the third or fourth highest owned wide receiver, and he's had an absolutely, you know, horrific, what, last six or seven weeks, and this is just what it's come to this week, we're in such a need for salary relief that we're willing to roster Deontay Johnson, who has four, six and four fantasy points over the past three weeks is one of the highest on wide receivers. And it's just, it's, it's crazy this week. It's a different form of DFS that we're used to. I know the matchup's good for Deontay, but just, uh, you know, you need a couple concessions to play Christian McCaffrey. You need a couple concessions to play Michael Thomas. You need a couple concessions to play Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson. So I'm trying to throw it out for the people. And that's, it's noble work. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get one dud from you. <laughs> Actually, you got a couple of duds here, right? So DJ Shark, buyer beware, still expensive, real lack of fantasy points over the past several weeks. Yeah, I mean, part of it is just because the Jaguars have gone so in the tank. They've only scored 12 points per game over the last month. That is that is awful. That is Jetsian. And he, he is 47 or fewer yards in three of his last four. He's likely going to see a Casey Hayward shadow who, yes, Cortland Sutton lit him up last week. Before that, Hayward had shadowed four times in the year and average, uh, allowed like 70 yards total in that in that time. It's just it's hard to see Chark do much. Gardner Minshew lost his job for a reason. The fact that he has it back does not make those reasons go away. Uh, all right, let's go to tight end here to kind of round it out. And tight end is just another position where I think everybody you want to play is, for the most part, a couple dollars too expensive, except for Ian Thomas, right? We had the Tyler Higby chalk bonanza at 2,500 last week. I can guarantee you if Greg Olson is out, literally everybody's going to be playing Ian Thomas again. It worked last week. We're going to play Ian Thomas this week against Atlanta if Greg Olson's out. Do you see any reason? This is this isn't even a concession. This is like a, a good play, in my opinion, at 2,500. Yeah, I, I like Ian Thomas a lot. We saw him. He was the number five, uh, number six tight end over the last five weeks last year. It, assume, of course, got to make sure Greg Olson's out. But, yeah, assuming he's going to have huge ownership, and maybe that's the reason you shy away is because everyone else is going to be on him. But other than that, there's all in. Yeah, that did not work out on the uh, the Roto-Grinders premium show. My my hottest take was to fade Tyler Higbee in tournaments. So, ah. Needless to say, that did not. I had, him on all so my ca- I had him on all my cash teams, and cash went really well. The tournament side did not go too well because I had zero Tyler Higbee in those. Uh, all right, so let's talk a couple other tight ends. Let's say Greg Olson does play, and we're searching around for something that's worthwhile. 
everyone's a little bit more expensive than I want them to be. But hey, if you're a pass catcher and you're playing Tampa Bay at 4,600, I don't care if, if your name's Jack Doyle and you were 3,300 last week, I'll, I'll pay that $1,300 increase because i mean he's he's gonna have a good game against here yeah. he he i mean first game without air he run he set season highs in snaps routes targets receptions yards everything went his way this past week and there's no reason to think that won't continue we talked about all the injuries all the guys missing doyle is the one steady part of that offense right now so i, I think doyle is about the safest play you have this week uh so doyle for 4600 or mr flowchart uh, because if there is ever somebody who could test the flow chart, it's got to be Vance McDonald. The dude doesn't have more. He has one game over six fantasy points since week six or two games over that. The last two games were five fantasy points and literally one fantasy point in his last two. Um, you know, a third string quarterback throwing him the football. Does none of that matter? And we're just simply following tight ends against Arizona this week. I mean, Vance McDonald's had an awful year, but he's oh, he's not worse than Ross Dwelly. He's not worse than Tyler Higby. I, I I've been captain of the anti McDonald train this year. I've been I I think I've benched him as one of my fades six times this season on this mm-hmm. show. But it's against Arizona. I, I honestly I would prefer Doyle, but he might be the only one I'd prefer. It'd yeah, be Doyle, McDonald, and the rest of it. Vance is interesting. The early week. Uh, ownership projections don't have a ton going to them. We'll have to see if the uh, the flow chart picks up steam over the course of the week. I think I would, I would probably find the extra three hundred dollars for Doyle. I think Doyle's extremely secure in targets and production this week. Uh, a couple of guys I wanted to know. Uh, we got Gasecki at four K. I think he's pretty interesting. The late second season tight end breakout. That's sort of like a real thing. He's got uh, what is this? At least six targets in five straight games and. I mean, at the tight end position, that's like a gold mine if you're getting six targets in five straight games. Uh, it's really tough to pass that up. Uh, I think he's going to be heavily involved in the offense. He's 4K. You like Fitzpatrick. I like Sam Darnold in that game uh, to be a shootout. So I, I think he's someone you could look out. Uh, another guy I wanted to note uh, was Doyle. You, we talked about him. And other than that, like all the guys that are expensive, right? Travis Kelsey, the like the Patriots, they just shut down Travis Kelsey. That's what they do. They try to make somebody else beat you. I'm not really on Travis Kelsey, and I think you sort of share that same opinion. Yeah, I mean it's it's a short conversation. Patriots love to take out what you do best. Kelsey's their best player. He, I still think he's going to have a fine game. He's still in my season long rankings. He's been number two tight end for the week, but I just don't want to pay up for him. Who's your number one? Kittle and I've gone back and forth, and then I may switch it again for the weeks out. Put put Hooper in there if Hooper suits up. Put, put Hooper. Well, if, there, if Hooper suits up, we'll talk. I I ranked <laughs> him as though he's not playing. Yeah, I think I think he might end up suiting up this week. So you got Hooper at six k, Kittle's five nine, Waller's five eight. I think they're all on a, on a tight pricing week. They all cost just a little bit too much. So like the Doyle McDonald, and especially if Greg Olson's out, the Ian Thomas tier at tight end is going to be pretty popular the one guy who's sort of like in no man's land is hunter henry he's 5100 didn't really do much last week uh, I, I think he might go a little bit under the radar that the dvp tight ends versus jacksonville is not good right the jacksonville hasn't really allowed much to tight ends but henry's just a, a specimen I, I think at that price tag he's pretty reasonable i still if i if, if i had to guess a workload i think i would guess jack doyle gets more targets than hunter henry but hunter henry can actually do things other than fall down with those targets <laughs> <laughs> i feel like henry's 
Henry salary went crazy. He it dropped seven hundred dollars because he had that bad game. Yeah. But he he had eight point seven or better points in all his other games this year. Ten in all but one other game. I feel like this is a big overreaction. It's the Philip Rivers bias in the DraftKings office to his new noodle arm. You know, a new noodle <laughs> arm quarterback. They just. Philip Rivers has thrown like that his whole life. I, his arm is not new. <laughs> the velocity on the ball, maybe we get, we got to get the RFID chip uh, numbers. We got to get those out of the cloud and then <laughs> see how fast that ball zipping through the air. But anyway, guys, that is our uh, Week 14 here on the PFF show. Again, if you made it through this long, uh, we will not be doing a Week 15 show. We will pick it up for Week 16 and 17, though, to close out the season. Uh, Daniel, it's been fun. Any final thoughts, my man? Nope, nope. I think we're doing good. Uh, congratulations next week. Thank you, thank you. Everyone, uh, go go check out PFF. Uh, lots of cool stuff over there. Daniel's article, Scott's article. And if you just want to read cool fantasy football articles um, with some real premium content, uh, you can get the, the fantasy bundle over there for like 40 bucks for a year. And it's one of the best values out there if you just want to take in real solid NFL content. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Daniel, thanks for joining me. I'm Britt, and we out you.